Just before we get on to this week's topic, I want to give you some thoughts about money itself, because what I actually want to talk to you about is fantastically important to me. I once heard a great description of money. I was over in the States at a conference, and this guy stood up. It's a very American name I'm about to share with you. He's called Garrett Gunderson. Now, you wouldn't find many people like, you know, that's, that's a very American name. Very bright guy. And he said, money is like oxygen. Where's he going with this? And he said, if you've got enough of it, it's not an issue. Now, think about that. Because if you've got enough money, money per se is never an issue, is it? But if you haven't got enough money, so you can do whatever you want, I mean, within reason. But if you haven't got enough money to pay for the necessities, to pay for housing, look after your kids, whatever it is, now it feels like you're asphyxiating. It feels like you can't breathe. So I love that description of money. It's like oxygen. Once you've got enough, stand up, shoulders back, make decisions. If you haven't got enough, it's like you're being crushed. It's called stress. And the majority of people in the UK are under that financial stress, which is why I think money matters. I'm sure you'd all agree oxygen matters. You know, we can't live without oxygen, without water, but it's pretty difficult to live without money. So where I want to take you this week, if it's okay with you, is on the journey, my journey, education, books, learning, knowledge, in the way that society is changing today, the way that technology is changing. If we, all of us, don't keep up with our education, if we think that the last time we need to educate ourselves is at school, we're dead. By the year 2030, all the futurologists reckon that 30% of the jobs that people are doing now won't exist anymore. One in three of us is gonna to need to completely reskill ourselves over the next 10 years. So education books are fantastically important to me. So I'm, I'm gonna kinda of let you inside and you know, inner secrets if you like. I've actually got four books that I'm gonna share with you that have deeply impacted the way that I think and I want to do a sort of running commentary on technology and how that technology has changed over just my lifetime. So I hope you're going to find this fascinating. Strap yourself in. Four books that have had a big impact on me and I think potentially may well have a big impact on you too. So anyway, here we go. Book number one. Well, actually, I'm cheating already. It's two. But it's about the same thing. So the first book that I want to share with you is really, really important to me. My dad was a history teacher. He passed away seven years ago now. And if you can imagine, like most people, maybe you're lucky enough to have a house with two reception rooms. What my dad would always have in any house that he lived in uh, was a library. And so imagine this room completely with every single wall covered with bookcases. This is a very special one because this is actually the last book that my dad ever gave me before he passed away. It's about the life of Cicero. And I found, uh, so, and by the way, I've, I've I've read books about Cicero for poof, oh, 40 years plus. This one is a particularly good one. Cicero, A Turbulent Life. And when you read through its pages, you just sort of swept back through history. You'll hear Cicero talking about Julius Caesar. You'll talk, hear him talking about Pompey. For me, there's an absolute magic in immersing myself in that level of intimacy with history. But then you think of Cicero, the man. What did he do? Well, he was born to an aristocratic, you know, wealthy family. I guess the first time people noticed him was when he, well, I guess we'd call it now a barrister, when he was, when he was representing people. So he made his name uh, by successfully defending, um, you know, some, a, a very famous Roman. But he used that as a springboard. His ability to debate and to win legal arguments was actually uh, the foundation of him becoming an orator. So this, I love this book. This is Orations uh, by Cicero. This is his, some of his actual speakers. Now, the reason this book means such a lot to me is that I'm a public speaker. I think as a public speaker, 
I can learn a huge amount by studying other public speakers, albeit, you know, 2,000 years ago. What he then did was he used that platform as a speaker to become involved in politics, um, to start, you know, ultimately he was running pieces of the, of the Roman Empire. And so, very early age, I wanted to be a politician because I wanted to be able to impact people's lives. And it was books like this that led me to have that aspiration. But it's around about 10 years ago now, mid-40s, my mid-40s, when I thought, how can I have the biggest impact? Now, I know I can't change the world, but I can change people's worlds one person at a time. So I decided to use my ability to communicate, inspired by people like this, to try and help people to become wealthy. And ultimately, I found that far more rewarding than you know, running about being a politician and you know, fighting with the media and whatever. So my chosen path of being an educator, being a wealth educator, that uh, has got an ability to communicate because I do have an ability to communicate, but it's all based really on an ability to teach. My mum was a primary school teacher, my dad was a secondary school teacher, then went on to become a headmaster. One of my granddads was a, a woodworking teacher, so you know, it's kind of in the genes, I suppose. But this book was inspiring for me, and it literally inspired me to do what I want to do. So I'm not actually recommending that you immerse yourself in Cicero. What I am recommending is discover what inspires you, and I'll share with you a particular thought, a process that you can follow if you want to. And once you understand what inspires you, once you understand your highest value, now go and study that. Because if you live your highest value, for me, education, training other people, you'll have a very fulfilling life. And I just wanna give you a couple of quotes from Cicero, just before I move on to book number two. Cicero said this, others have copied it, but nobody's bested it. What he said was, and he meant it, he loves books as much as I love books. He said, a room without books is like a body without a soul. Now you'll hear other people trying to do different versions of that and trying to pretend it's theirs. It's not, it's all based on Cicero. But that really speaks to me. And towards the end of his life, when he'd done his oration, when he'd been a fabulous lawyer, when he'd run various parts of the Roman Empire, he retired to a villa in the hills, a little bit away from Rome. Towards the end of his life, he said, if you have a garden and books, you have everything you need. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful way to be. And it so much reminds me of my dad. This, this for me is just literally a, a thing of beauty. For many years, I've been a member of what's called the Folio Society. If you like hardback, limited edition. I do think, I mean, look at it. Look at the typesetting, just feel the weight. I'm a bit of a dinosaur. So I like reading physical books. So maybe go and check out the Folio Society. And yeah, feel free to read about Cicero if that's what you want to do. But what I really want you to do is find out what inspires you. So join up the dots. This guy inspired me, helped me to turn my passion into my profession, I guess. I never need a vacation because I'm doing a vocation. Hope you found that interesting. On to book number two. The first one was, well, I guess you'd call it one of the classics. It's, it's ancient history. Book number two, I'm bringing you more up to date but not much. My strongest subjects at school were maths, physics, chemistry. I'm an engineer, but I actually did four A-levels. So I did maths, physics, and chemistry. The other A-level I did, because I was actually interested in it, was history. And well, you know, my dad was a historian and, and everything else. My dad's particular specialist subject was Renaissance Italy. My specialist subject uh, is military history. That's what I'm fascinated by. So the next book I'm about to share with you, again, was a genuine inspiration to me, and I'm so pleased I found it. So it's called Military Mavericks. I love Mavericks. I'm a non-conformist and the author is David Rooney. So combining these two things, the best way to get me to do something 
tell you what it is, give a little secret if you want to manage me, is tell me it can't be done. When I saw military mavericks, it reminded me straight away of what Warren Buffett says all the time. Observe the masses and do the opposite. And he also says, and this is one of, I love this expression of his, to become part of the top 1%, you cannot follow the 99%. If you're going to become in the 1%, and he's talking about of the wealthiest people in the world, then naturally you can't do what 99% of people do. So by definition, therefore, if you want to be an entrepreneur or you know, very wealthy or something, by definition, you've got to be a maverick. You've got to be swimming against the tide. You've got to be seeing what everybody else is doing and doing the other thing. Essentially, this is little mini biographies of 12 great leaders through time. So it starts with Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great, I don't know if you know about this or not. If you don't know about Alexander the Great, you go and read about it. So Alexander the Great was living under the thumb, if you like, of the Persian Empire and the Persians kept threatening the, Greek, the Greeks and you know, whatever. So this is a bit like, I don't know, what's, what's the biggest military force in the world today? Is it still America or the USA? Or is it perhaps China? I don't know, but you know, but can you imagine if the United States or China or something was threatening Belgium and Belgium invaded them and beat them? Like, it, it would be insane, wouldn't it? So what Alexander the Great did, because he was a Macedonian, uh, so small part of Greece and not the whole of Greece. So just that small part of Greece smashed up the entire Persian empire, which at the time was the biggest empire on the planet. Now I'm not gonna go through each of those like that, but the point being here, you quite often see people talking about fright or flight. So when someone's confronted with a difficult situation, what people say is, well, they're either gonna fight or they're gonna run away, flight. No, that's not what most people do. Massive majority, 95% plus of people, don't fight or run away. They don't do anything, they don't take action, they freeze. So the reason I admire these people so much is because they did things. And so whether we're talking about Alexander the Great or Shaka Zulu or Stonewall Jackson, American Civil War, Giuseppe Garibaldi, big part in the unification of Italy. But the things that they did were truly incredible. And what did that teach me? It taught me that the actions of one person can have a massive impact on the lives of many hundreds of thousands or, or millions of people. Now, if I give you a quite a specific example, if you think back to the Arab-Israeli wars or the wars in the 70s, early 70s, where uh, Israel was maybe fighting against Egypt. And I don't make any commentary either way here about the rights and wrongs of it. I simply want to share some extraordinary facts with you. In one of those conflicts, both sides were flying American-supplied Skyhawk. So they had the same kit, okay? And on day one of this war between Israel and Egypt, effectively the Israelis wiped out the Egyptian Air Force completely. So the losses were the Egyptian Air Force I can't quite remember exactly. I think it was 297 Skyhawks or something like that. They lost nearly 300 Skyhawks in one day. And the Israelis lost two. Even the two, and that's the same kit. So what's the difference? It's the people in the kit, isn't it? It's the people in the aircraft. It's the people making the property investment decisions. So the kit is the kit is the kit. The house is the house is the house. It depends what you do with it. But do you know those two Israeli pilots that got taken out? It wasn't enemy fire. They flew into each other. So think about that in terms of the difference that one person can make. Now think about this instead. Think about you are that one person. Think about you are the person that's influencing all the lives of all the people around you. You take action, you actually do something. You either fight or run away, figuratively speaking. I don't want you fighting with each other, but don't freeze. Because that's what 95% of people do. Oh, I can't do it. And they freeze and they sit there and they don't take any action. And they put up with a rubbish life and they don't inspire anyone and they don't create legacy for future generations. They just moan about stuff. This book, 
taught me literally how one person can change things. So have a read of this book. Check out those people on the back. Okay, let's move on to, in fact, let's move out of the Stone Age, shall we? So this is still a hardback. You've probably spotted by now that I like hardback book. I've had this book for absolutely ages. I can't remember when I bought it. It's decades ago. But check out that price on there. $19.99. So books used to be pretty expensive. Are books still as expensive today? Because let's start talking a little bit about technology. Book number three. Well, I'm cheating again. It's actually not one, it's two, but it's the same author. So that kind of counts. So the next author that I want to introduce you to is actually a fantastic guy called Darren Hardy. I want to come out of the Stone Ages now. And I want to introduce you to some newfangled technology. So this still is a hardback, but it's not a hardback book. Check this out. So this I had to order from the States. So it's called the Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. So you can actually get a book book version of this now. And there you go. It's on this newfangled technology called CDs. And when I dug this out to, to do this episode, um, I actually walked around my house somewhat quizzically uh, looking for a CD player and I ain't got one. <laughs> so you probably haven't got one either. But I just wanted to show you because my sort of theme here is books, education, technology, evolution. CDs kind of came and went, didn't they? Does anybody actually listen? Can you still buy CDs? I don't know, you probably still can. The other thing I wanted to check out was, how much did I pay for this? So I paid $39.95. So I not only had to pay $40 for it, I had to order it from the States and it took over a month to arrive. And when it arrived, I had to pay a customs bill. So by the time, you know, it's like 50 quid for a book. Think about this as I'm kind of, you know, talking about the books and talking about technology at the same time you've got to keep learning. Now, I'm not a massive fan of you know, audio books. Uh, so when I say read books, it could be read books, but it could be listen to them. It depends how you want to do it. But the actual one, so that's, that's great, The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. If you've never heard of Darren Hardy before, please do this. Please go and get The Compound Effect. And I managed to find this as well. This is from years ago as well. The Compound Effect is absolutely fabulous. I'll tell you about it in a second. But again, just to show you, this was CDs as well, back in the day. I don't know how much money I've spent on my education over the years, but it will be a lot. The actual book or audio book of the compound effect, I don't know, you can probably get it for six or seven quid, something like that. So the essence of the compound effect is this. You might have heard me say before, you don't need to be great to start, but you need to start to be great. You need to do something. So in the compound effect, Darren gives examples of people that are maybe not very fit and they want to lose some weight or something like that. But you can't just go out and run a marathon, can you, straight away? Oh, I've decided I'm gonna lose some weight, I'm gonna run a marathon tomorrow, if you, you know, if you haven't done any exercise for the last 10 years. So he talks about how he's helped people over the years just do some walking, and then some more vigorous walking, and then just a little bit of jogging, and then jog, stop, jog, stop. But you know, you get the point. The compound effect of you doing that on a daily basis is huge, and this applies to anything. And he gives another example to do with donuts. And where are you going with this, Paul? Well, you know, if you have a, say, say you have a coffee at 11 o'clock every morning, and you have a donut, imagine the compound effect of having a coffee and a donut every day for a year, versus having a coffee and no donut. But if, you know, if you've got a donut habit, and I guess there's worse habits to have, but if you've got a donut habit and you don't just stop eating the donuts, but if you maybe chop the donut into six bits and for the first week, just have five of the six bits and then four of the six bits and then three of the six bits, you can kind of cut stuff out without noticing. But where I really want to go with this in terms of books, education, knowledge, learning, is the average millionaire, the average CEO, you know, chief exec, managing director, 
reads, apparently, according to various studies, 60 books a year. Now, reads doesn't mean reads, it means reads or, you know, reads whatever, listens to. And the average person like that spends around 90 minutes a day on self-development. And you might be thinking, well, blimey, I can't afford 90 minutes a day on self-development, that's far too much. All right, how about this? The average non-multimillionaire and the average non-CEO, the average person, spends two hours a day watching TV. So you can actually save half an hour a day and read a book a week and become significantly better off financially. So imagine you start putting 90 minutes a day into learning how to invest in property. How far do you think you get in a year? And he does talk in here about TVs as well. And he says, or his figures, I think from memory, it's a while since I re I've read it a few times, I think he says a TV costs $38,000. And you might think, what? That's one hell of a TV. Yeah, he doesn't mean the cost to buy it. He means the costs of all the hours wasted by watching it. If you've got a TV habit, well, maybe you might want to think about that. So really, really good book, The Compound Effect, or really, really good author, Darren Hardy. And he's got more books than this. I've just picked out two. Another top tip that I'd like you to uh, take, take advantage of here, uh, something that I really enjoy, something that Aniko really enjoys, um, is something called the Darren Daily. Again, URL on the screen for you. Go subscribe to Darren Daily. And what he does is he just gives you a couple of minutes a day, and it's just like his daily tip for the day. And it sort of sets you up for the day. And once a week, on a Friday, he tells a joke. So if you'd like a kind of a dad joke once a week, that's quite good for that as well. And sometimes he makes you laugh, sometimes he inspires you, sometimes he makes you cry. But it, it's always something thought-provoking. And he's done this for years, so just go and subscribe. It's free, go and subscribe to Darren Daily and get your little two minutes of whatever it is, two minutes, three minutes a day of Darren. I will share with you one of his dad jokes. So he doesn't call them dad jokes, I call them dad jokes. So there's this guy in a barber shop getting his hair cut, all right? The barber says to him, do you want, I won't do the American accent. I think he does a South, uh, Southern American accent. So this is the barber talking to the guy getting his hair cut. He says, do you want to meet the stupidest kid in the world? He always hangs around outside my shop. And the guy says, well, sure, why not? So uh, the barber says, right, uh, kid, come in here. So the kid comes running in. Right, kid, your choice. Do you want $10 or do you want 50 cents? Turns around the guy and winks at him. Yeah, watch how stupid this kid is. So the kid, without hesitation, takes the 50 cent piece and leaves. Told you he was stupid, could have had $10, he's walked off with 50 cents. After the guy's had his hair cut and he goes outside in the street, he sees the kid with an ice lolly. Walks over the kid, excuse me, young man, do you, do you mind if I ask you, why did you take the 50 cent piece instead of the $10 bill? And the kid says, how long do you think that game would last if I took the $10 off him? He's been doing it for months. Who's the stupid one? Never, ever judge a book by its cover, is where I was going with that one. Okay, hope you're enjoying this. On to book number four. I just talked about what about, you know, 90 minutes a day, and then I talked about the compound effect, and I talked about building up slowly. So how about I give you a resource where you could read a book in 15 minutes? Who fancies the idea of reading a book in 15 minutes? Well, more precisely, a pricey of the book. Don't know if you've ever used this website, um, it's called Blinkist, so blink as in eye, ist, Blinkist, so the blink of an eye, so get a book in the blink of an eye, I think, is kind of the logic behind the name. Uh, it's a German company, been going for years. You can sign up to various levels of subscription. I believe the sort of normal subscription is $12.99, but you can get a free trial. Strongly suggest you go and get a free trial. What does it do, Paul? Well, what it does is it takes books, like, you know, the books on Cicero or the Compound Effect or, you know, whatever, and they do a 15-minute version that's audible. You subscribe, you get as many as you want, 
And for me, if you're trying to uh, broaden your education as much as possible, and if you really don't know if that author's good or this one, or will I like his style or whatever, or her style, well, go on to Blinkist, go and listen to the 10 or 15 minute summary of it, and then decide if you wanna go and do the full thing. But often, what I find is that if I set aside an hour and do, say, four Blinkist books, that actually teaches me a lot, a lot more quickly than reading four whole books. So some people use it instead of reading books. Difficult to be precise, but could you get, you know, a good percentage, 30, 40, 50% of the book in 15 minutes just from Blinkist? Yeah, you could. And uh, so if you never wrote a Blinkist, go and check it out, free trial. Okay, moving along our technological journey from hardbacks to paperbacks to CDs, where's the industry gone now? Well, Audible or similar. The final, and I would say probably the single book that's had the biggest impact on my life that I want to talk to you about now and, and share with you now is, um, I'm going to my phone for this one. So it's The Values Factor by my mentor, Dr. John Demartini. So if you haven't read The Values Factor or listened to or whatever, I really, really want you to because I'm coming full circle now to where I started with Cicero. Dr. John Demartini, He's a wonderful, wonderful, intelligent human being and, and a lovely guy. The values factor is all about learning and helping you discover what are your top values? What are your most, what are the things that you could do that inspire you the most? He talks you through, through a whole process of finding out what are your top values? And he'll normally say, what are your top three, you know, to guide you towards what are your top three values. Now, if I asked you to do an exercise now, which is write down the three things in the world that are your highest values, the things that you love doing the most. You might write, and I wouldn't criticize you, but you might write down things like, you know, my wife, my kids, travel, freedom. Uh, you might write down also my health. And, and none of these would be wrong because nothing, none of this is right or wrong, it's you. What inspires you the most? Some people might write playing the guitar, um, you know, whatever. So whatever inspires you the most, whatever you love doing the most. But it'll then hit you quite hard because he'll say, if money, wealth, property, business, some word like that, isn't in your top three values, you are delusional about becoming wealthy. Why? Because any money you get, you're gonna spend on one of those things. And if your life, your work, your job, stops you from doing your top three values. So for me, educating others, making other people wealthy is my highest value. That's what I love doing the most. That's why I do what I do. But if I was, I don't know, um, there's nothing wrong with these jobs I'm about to list off, but if I was a bus driver or air traffic controller or something, and I had to do that because otherwise I wouldn't have any money, then if the thing that I'm doing to get money stops me from doing the thing that I love to do, the gap between your highest value and being forced to do something that you don't want to do because you need the money, that's called stress, okay? So if you want to get stress out of your life, you need to align everything with your highest values. And, and that's what this book will help you do. And when you've read the book, by the way, go onto his website, drdemartini.com, and go to the uh, values uh, evaluation tool. It's all free. And it will help you. So it will give you graphics. It will give you an insight into your highest value. And if possible, if you're in a partnership, business partnership or life partnership, if both of you read it and do the values determination exercise together, uh, it'd be really helpful for you to, you know, it'll benefit the relationship, be it business or personal. When I did this exercise years ago now, and I read the values factor, I discovered that many of the things that I was forcing myself to do because I could do them was so far away from what I wanted to do that I decided I had to change. So the values factor for me was literally life-changing. And for me, if I can provide a service that's of significance to many, many people, which is what I aspire to do, then I know I'm gonna get handsomely rewarded for it. So it doesn't 
matter really what your highest values are. If you can then provide a service that's of significance aligned with that highest value, perfect. Now, there are sometimes several steps before that. And I mentioned being a, what did I say, an air traffic controller or a bus driver. And if you can't do your highest values because you literally need the money at the moment, he also offers a very help, helpful technique called linking. You don't drive the bus or direct the airplanes because you want to do that. You do it as a bridge to help you ultimately to live your highest values. So if you know that, okay, I've got to drive this bus for the next five years, or I've got to direct aircraft for the next five years, whatever it is, but it's on the way to living my highest values instead of in the way, suddenly you can embrace it. And you know when you're living your highest values because you don't need a break. And I, I know I love what I'm doing because, well, for example, I've got a world record for it. So I was part of a team of four people that spoke continuously for six days. And if that sounds interesting, you have to read, you have to listen to The Values Factor. You have to immerse yourself in the world of Dr. Demartini. He's a brilliant guy and he's changed millions of people's lives and I'd like you to be one of the next.